New York Giants general manager Joe Shane addresses the media as they put a bow on the 2022 season. What did he have to say about Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and other hot topics? We're going to talk about it next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to another edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer. Happy to have you with us on this Tuesday edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, which I'm actually putting out on Monday. So um, those of you who have come here looking for Twitter Tuesday, we're actually going to push this back a little bit. We're going to push Twitter Tuesday back to Thursday. That way you have more of an opportunity to get your questions in. And plus, I can address some of the uh, more recent topics that need to be addressed. And the big recent topic that needs to be addressed on today's podcast is that general manager Joe Shane and head coach Brian Dable met with the media to put a bow on the 2022 Giants season. And there was quite a bit to come out of that press conference. It was about a half hour or so press conference. And I want to talk about some of the things that were said. So on today's show, we're going to talk about Daniel Jones. We're going to talk about Saquon Barkley. Then we're going to talk about a few other things that Shane brought up that I thought, at at any rate, were uh, interesting. Okay, so let's get right to it. And we're going to kick things off by talking about Daniel Jones, because no player on this roster has generated so much buzz, so much um, divisiveness than Jones. You still have people, believe it or not, who don't want Jones back who hope that the Giants go in another direction. Well, just to get you kind of caught up on things, on Monday, the Giants had baggy day. And Daniel, of course, spoke to the media. And uh, he's not really one to to be open with his opinions, but he did say that, you know, if things could be worked out, if the business side of things could be worked out, he would like to be back with the Giants in 2023 and beyond. Um, Yeah, I love this place. I've, I've really enjoyed my time here. Um, I want to be here, you know, I think um, there's a business side of, of it all and, um, you know, a lot of that I, I can't control. So, um, you know, I really enjoy it. love and respect for this organization, the ownership um, and uh, the guys in this locker room. So um, I'd love to be here. I've really enjoyed being here. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it all works out. Now, how does, how do the Giants feel about that? Well, Joe Shane said on Monday that uh, he would like for Jones to be back, that the organization would like for him to be back. And, um, you know, all throughout his presser, Shane kept saying, look, we got to have meetings later in the week to devise what our personnel plans are going to be, what strategies we're going to take and all that good stuff. But along the way, he dropped little hints. Now, with Jones, um, he made progress this year. Had a winning record, 9-6-1 and one, as a starting quarterback. He had personal bests in completion percentage, which was 67.2. Uh, 
passing yards, 3,205, rushing yards, 708. And uh, he also had a career low interception rate of five. And all the all along, you know, Brian Dable, Mike Kafka have been saying how much they like working with Jones, how he's done everything asked of him and how, you know, there's still room to improve as there is with everybody on the roster and including the coaching staff. But generally the feeling is that Jones is going in the right direction. So Shane, in speaking about Jones, said that they would like for him to be there. They would like for him to come back and continue quarterbacking the Giants. Now, he did say that there's a business side of it, obviously, and we'll talk about that in just a moment, but they feel that overall he has played well this season, which he has. I mean, he took the team as far as the divisional playoffs. Not totally his fault that the Giants didn't match up well with the Eagles. We kind of knew that going in. All right, so what's the plan then for Daniel Jones as far as the type of contract, will it be a short-term contract? Will it be a long-term contract? Will Jones get uh, the franchise tag? Will he, uh, you know, what will be the APY, the average per year that he can likely expect? Now, Shane didn't provide any details on that. So we're going to have to kind of put our GM hats on here and try and figure some of this stuff out. What probably makes sense um, regarding Daniel Jones and how the, where they go from here. So before I do that, um, I do want to mention one quote that uh, Shane had that I thought was kind of interesting. And this was when Shane was asked if um, he believes that the Giants can win a Super Bowl with Daniel Jones. And his quote was, um, his, his, uh, his words were, quote, we're happy Daniel's going to be here. Hopefully we can get something done with his representatives. That would be the goal to build a team around him where he could lead us to win a Super Bowl, end quote. All right, so not quite a yes, not quite a no, more or less a, a statement that, you know, look, we're just going to continue to build the team around Daniel Jones. You know, Shane did say there that he doesn't believe that the team is ever really one player away from being, you know, all in, so to speak, to, to make a championship run. So. Let's now talk about um, some of the things that Shane didn't discuss, which, of course, would be money, uh, franchise tag, all that good stuff. Um, so we're going to start with uh, the average per year. Um, Jones, if you look at the franchise tag, the NFL franchise tag for quarterbacks, according to over the cap, that amount for a non-exclusive franchise tag is going to be $32.445 million. Jones is not going to get an APY less than that. I can pretty much guarantee you that right now. I, I don't see him getting an APY, which is average per year, less than that. And by the way, APY, and it, you know, when you talk about APY, you're taking into consideration the P5 salary, which is base salary, the prorated signing bonus, roster bonuses, incentives, um, workout bonuses, all the stuff that goes into making the cap hit for the upcoming year. So that's what we what we mean when we say APY. All right. So what might Jones expect as an APY? All right. Good question, right? So. I am thinking, and um, 
this is just a rough guess. I'm I'm still kind of working out the numbers for contracts and stuff, but I think Jones is probably going to average somewhere closer to 35 million per year. All right. Um, which would only be about 3 million more than the franchise tag. Now, how does that stack up with the rest of the league? Just real quick. And, you know, can Jones, you know, does it make sense to to franchise him uh, down the line if they can't get a deal done? We'll talk about that in a moment, but let's talk about where 35 million APY stacks up with the other quarterbacks in the league. So uh, 35 million would put Jones in the same neighborhood as Kirk Cousins of Minnesota for 2023. All right. It would put him above Jared Goff. It would put him above Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan, Ryan Tannehill. Um, it would put him just below Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, and Derek Carr. So that $35 million range, you know, compatible with Kirk Cousins, probably around what they're going to look at. Now, they'll probably also build in incentives for Daniel Jones, like they did kind of like what they did with Eli Manning. I know it was a different regime when Eli Manning was here, but I could see the Giants maybe borrowing some of those vehicles, if you will, to boost up Daniel Jones's contract value. And those vehicles would be things like winning playoff games, you know, where he gets a bonus for every playoff game he wins, where he gets a bonus if he leads the league in touchdown passes or passing yards or any, you know, something similar to that. So there are little bonuses they can throw in to boost the APY, which, by the way, if Jones doesn't reach those bonuses, the Giants then get a cap credit back that they can use for the future. So it's a way to protect the Giants while also giving, uh, if you will, a carrot to the player to really be the best version of himself. And if he gets it, great. That means he's helping out the team. If he doesn't, then the money gets refunded back to the Giants in the form of a cap credit. So that's what I'm thinking in terms of money. Now, three or four years or longer, I've always been of the opinion that Daniel Jones is not going to get like a five-plus-year deal. I would be very surprised if it happens to be a five-plus-year deal. What makes the most sense? I'm thinking a three-year deal um, base with a fourth-year, maybe maybe a fourth-year option that they could pick up. So if Jones is playing well, maybe they they do not quite like what they did for the rookie deal. Um, which are kind of standard, but give them three years that you could get out of after two. But if he continues to play well, you could always rip the deal up after, you know, the first two years. And if you put an option year in there, you know, if if, if things aren't going well, you just decline the option and you move on. Um, a lot of people seem to be of the opinion that if the Giants don't take a quarterback this year, that they're doomed. And that is not going to be the case, folks. There will be quarterbacks available in the draft in future years. The Giants are set to draft 25th this year. I'm sorry, given all the needs that they have, I don't see them trading up with a blockbuster trade to get a franchise quarterback this year. Could they, you know, rely on Tyrod Taylor? Sure, they could. But I think they want Daniel Jones, and I think they're going to make the money work with that somewhere in that $35 million per year range. So um, we're talking short-term contract, about $35 million APY. 
and, uh, you know, just continue to build around Jones because he did make progress. But, you know, the thing that Giants have to guard against, and I don't think this will be a problem, but you still have to guard against, is Jones a one-hit wonder? You know, he had a great year this year. Everything kind of fell into place for the most part. The last thing you want to see, though, is it will he um, regress next year in year two of the system? Now, um, you know, the, the other question that comes into play with Jones is, well, what happens if Mike Kafka leaves to take a head coaching job? First off, I'm not so sure that's going to happen this year. I would be surprised if Kafka goes this year. I think down the line, he will probably get a head coaching job. I'm not so sure it will be this year. That said, the system is probably going to be pretty much the same. Um, Remember, most of the Giants' offensive system is based on what Brian Dable did up in Buffalo. Brian Dable also hired, you know, a bunch of other offensive assistants. So who's to say that Dable won't promote, say, for example, quarterbacks coach Shea Tierney and have him be the offensive coordinator if Kafka leaves? Who's to say that Dable might not take on the play calling for a year and, uh, you know, until till deciding what they're going to do? I mean, there's, there are different options. The Giants have options if Kafka leaves in order to continue that continuity with Daniel Jones. So I'm not as concerned with that. But again, I, I want to stress that I think Kafka will be back in 2023 as the offensive coordinator. I'm not so sure he gets a job as a head coach this year. All right. Up next, we're going to talk Saquon Barkley. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, the NFL playoffs are here, and we're really excited about our new sports betting partner, FanDuel, the number one sports book in America. If you're new to FanDuel, they have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay, all on an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to use. New customers join today to get started with $150 in free bets when you place your first bet of $5. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am your host, Patricia Trena. And um, for those of you who are looking for Twitter Tuesday, we're pushing it back to Thursday, folks, because Joe Shane, Brian Dable gave their year-end press conference. A lot to talk about from that. And uh, I really felt it would be best if I covered that on today's show as opposed to Twitter Tuesday. Plus, this way, you've got more time if you want to submit questions to me for Twitter Tuesday. If you want to submit a question, just check out the show notes, all the information is there regarding, you know, how you can email it. You can also tweet them to me at um, Patricia underscore Trina with the hashtag AskPTrain. So that's all in the show notes. Um, If you're on Twitter, I have a a tweet out saying, you know, what you got for me for, for questions and you can respond to that tweet. And I'll probably, you know, repeat that several times during the week. So get those questions in and I'm happy to answer them for you on Thursdays. So, all right, let's get back to um, the the key points from the Joe Shane and uh, Brian Dable presser. 
Joe Shane did most of the talking for what it's worth. Dable kind of chipped in here and there, but, you know, Joe Shane is really, I think the one a lot of people wanted to hear from because the roster building decision at the end of the day lies with Shane more so than Dable. Dable's going to have a big say and they both have to be, you know, in agreement, but it's all basically down to, to Shane and, you know, what direction he's going to go in. And I'll talk about, you know, his philosophy in the next segment, but I want to talk about Saquon Barkley because obviously that is probably the second biggest player who has been very uh, divisive of giant fans. You either want him back or you don't want him back. And uh, Saquon, very interesting um, situation there. Saquon told reporters on Sunday that he wants to be a giant for life that he's not looking to reset the market for running backs, which currently uh, Christian McCaffrey of the 49ers has a 16, little over 16 million APY. So Barkley said he's not looking to reset it. However, there have been reports, and I've also heard this as well, that over the bye week, when uh, Shane and the Giants reached out to Barkley's representatives to talk about an extension, that they weren't interested in the in a deal that has an average APY of 12 million per year, which is about 2 million more than what the franchise tag would be to keep Barkley. All right. So that being said, if that is the case, what kind of money, um, if Barkley's not looking to reset the market, what kind of money is he looking for? All right. Well, again, APY, Christian McCaffrey leads the league or in running backs. I should say 16.015 million. Alvin Kamara and Ezekiel Elliott are next at 15 million each. Then you have the 12 million club, which is again where the Giants, I think, were trying to slot Saquon Barkley into the mix. So you have Dalvin Cook of the Vikings, 12.6 million APY, Derek Henry of the Titans, 12.5 million, Nick Chubb, 12.2 million. Aaron Jones of the Packers, 12.2 million, and Joe Mixon of the Bengals, 12 million. That's all per over the cap. So you got to think if you're the Giants, you know, do you really want to pay Barkley more than what the Titans are paying Derrick Henry on, in terms of APY? I mean, Derrick Henry a couple of times has now not only been an all, uh, a pro bowler, he's also led the league in rushing, all right, which Saquon hasn't really done yet. In his career. So you probably don't want to go too much higher than 12.5 million if you're the Giants when it comes to Barkley. And then of course, you know, like Barkley acknowledged, he's got that injury history. So if Barkley's looking for a little bit more, if he's looking for somewhere in between say Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott APY money, that's you know, there are things the Giants can do to get him to that point, but I just don't know if they're going to want to go that high. And in listening to Shane speak, I just didn't get a warm and fuzzy feeling that, that uh, you know, this was going to come to fruition. Now, again, the Giants do want Barkley back, but they're not going to overpay for him. And, uh, you know, you kind of look at how Barkley was used in the offense this year, more so as a runner, not as much as a receiver as I, as I think we all thought he might be the case. So if that's your plan moving forward to use Barkley more as a runner as opposed to a receiver, then what justification do you have if you're Barkley's agent to ask for, you know, 
15 million upwards. You, you really don't, I don't think. So that 12 million range, um, if indeed accurate, as, as we've all heard, probably about where, you know, Barclays going to end up. Now, here's the other thing. Okay. The Giants could, if need be, apply the franchise tag, which would be 10, uh, just north of 10 million. But the only way that's going to work is if they get Daniel Jones wrapped up before the deadline for the franchise tag. The deadline, I believe, is March 7th, um, which is the last day that NFL teams can apply the franchise or transition tag on players. So to me, I think it would make more sense if you're the Giants, if you can't reach a deal with Saquon Barkley on a multi-year deal. And by the way, I don't see him getting like a four or five-year deal. Barkley's what, 26 years old now? He's had an injury history. I don't know that I would give him, you know, maybe more than three years if I'm the Giants. So here's the thing. If you get Daniel wrapped up, and I do believe that Daniel Jones is going to be the priority for the Giants, then you go to Barkley and you say, okay, we're going to try and work out a deal. If you don't make any progress, you put the franchise tag on him. And I just think that it's going to work out better for the Giants money-wise. And I say that because, you know, we'll do, we'll do a little quick math here. All right. Now, according to over the cap, the Giants are projected to have 42.843 million in effective cap space. Effective cap space is the amount of space a team will, ha will have after they sign 51 players uh, and its projected rookie class to the roster. It's a little different than total cap space, all right? Because remember, once free agency starts, the top 51 rule goes into effect. That's why teams are able to, blow to grow their rosters to 90 men um, in the offseason, because only the top 51 count towards the salary cap. So that being said, if you have to franchise tag Daniel Jones at uh, 32, all right, deduct that from the 42.843 effective cap space. And guess what, folks? You're not left with a whole lot of money. Not at all. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're saying, well, the Giants are going to cut Kenny Galladay and they'll probably make some other uh, cuts. Yes, they will. But ask yourself this. Are they going to take Kenny Galladay's money and apply it towards the draft class? You know, maybe designate him as a post-June 1st transaction where they could use that money for the draft class and also have money to get them through the rest of the year? Or might they swap out Kenny Galladay for a number one receiver that they trade for? You know, maybe DeAndre Hopkins might be in the mix. You never know. I mean, when Shane was in Buffalo, they traded for Stephon Diggs. So you can't necessarily say that, oh, you know, the Giants are automatically going to have, you know, 19 million once they cut um, Kenny Galladay. You're probably also saying to yourself, well, what about Leonard Williams? Are they going to redo Leonard Williams's contract? I believe they will. All right. Now, what kind of money are they looking at here? Well, Leonard Williams currently has a 32.26 million cap number for 2023. Of that, 18 million is his base salary. But again, and I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit here, but Shane has said 
repeatedly that his plan with building a roster is to draft, develop, and retain. He made mention of the fact that there are several players currently on the roster that he would like to retain, that he would like to extend, all right? So obviously, the unrestricted free agents are going to be taken care of first. You know, the Julian Loves, the Daniel Joneses, the Saquon Barkleys, the Jihad Wards, and so forth. So you can use some of Leonard's money if you were able to get that number down, that 18 million base salary down and extend Leonard, by the way. You're not just going to give him a straight pay cut. You're going to probably extend him, but you could use some of that money to not only help with signing some of your unrestricted free agents, but also extending guys like Dexter Lawrence, who, while under contract for next year on the um, on the option year of his deal, he counts for $12.407 million. You can get that number down if you can extend him with some of the money that you're going to get from Leonard Williams. So the bottom line is, is that every penny the Giants stand to potentially collect towards their salary cap, you know, from Kenny Holiday, from Leonard Williams restructure, from, from, I don't know, an Adoree Jackson restructure, if they decide to do that, that money is going to go to someplace else. So you're going to take kind of rob from Peter to pay Paul. All right. So let's get back to Barkley here. I mentioned that if the Giants have to franchise Daniel Jones base, we're talking base um, effective cap space, it's going to reduce by to, to about 10 million, not going to be enough. So you probably, if you were the Giants, say to yourself, okay, we get Daniel done first. Saquon, you're up next. And if you can't come to a deal with Saquon, you slap the franchise tag on him. That'll cost you $10.1 million, all right? Deduct that from the effective cap space. And guess what, folks? You're left with a lot more than if you would have slapped the franchise tag on Daniel Jones. So it just makes too much sense to do things in that order. Now, whether or not they'll be able to, that's another story. But that's how, if I'm Joe Shane, I'm approaching Daniel, and that's how I'm approaching Saquon, all right? Because again, if you can't get a long-term deal done with Saquon, he's what, 26 years old, you know, he's, uh, not a whole lot of mileage on him, but he's had the injury history. Probably not a guy you want to lock up long terms because we've seen in the NFL, especially running backs, that you know running backs that, that get these big contracts, they they have they have injury histories, and I know that's true across the board with any position, but running backs in particular, given the nature of the position, so I just don't think it makes sense to really you know go crazy with a, you know, a blockbuster deal for Saquon upwards of 15 APY um, in his contract. You can throw in, like I said, triggers such as rushing yardage leader, uh, rushing touchdowns, you know, stuff like that to boost it, to get that cap credit back. You can even throw in a per game roster bonus if you're still concerned about him breaking down. but. I would not go 15 APY. It just, I, I, it doesn't make sense to me, but um, we'll see if Joe Shane agrees when they sit down and they finally, you know, get around to, uh, to approaching that contract. All right. What else did Joe Shane have to say in his half hour 
plus presser with head coach Brian Dable. We're going to talk about a few more things coming up next. Hey, Giant fans, thanks for making the Locked On Giants podcast your first listen today. For your second listen, check out the Locked On NFL podcast, bringing you the local insights you love to the national spotlight with daily conversations on the biggest NFL stories. Locked On NFL, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trainer, your host. Thank you so much for tuning in on this Tuesday. We're actually releasing the show on Monday because I wanted to get my thoughts out about what General Manager Joe Shane, head coach Brian Dable had to say in their year-end press conference. But this is our Tuesday show. And as a reminder, Twitter Tuesday will be on Thursday of this week. So just working through the week as always, even though it's the off season, boo, you know, we didn't want to be here. We wanted to continue talking, you know, maybe talk about the NFC championship game. Not going to have that opportunity, but we are still going five days a week here on the Locked on Giants podcast. And I hope you will continue to tune in both on YouTube and our audio platforms. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. What else was said? Well, probably another big takeaway and probably one of the biggest quote unquote, no duh takeaways is that the Giants have a talent deficiency as compared to the rest of the NFC East. We knew that, right? I mean, all you had to do was watch the divisional playoff game where the Giants just got their doors blown off by the Eagles. So, excuse me, the Giants, and I've said this every year at the start of every uh, season, if the Giants are going to make the playoffs, the easy way to the playoffs is to win a division. You have to start by beating your divisional opponents. Giants weren't able to do that, right? Matter of fact, of the four NFC East teams, the Giants had the worst record at 1-4-1, and one, followed by uh, Washington, who was at 2-3-1, and one, and then Dallas and Philadelphia, who were both higher seeds than the Giants, 4-2, and two. all right? So Shane admitting the obvious, there is definitely a talent gap between the Giants and the rest of the NFC East right now, specifically probably Dallas and especially Philadelphia. So if you want to compete, you want to last longer in in the playoffs, you got to build up, got to build the roster. Now we've spoken about uh, on the show earlier, talked about how the Giants, how under Shane, they want to draft, develop and retain core players. You're going to use free agency to supplement all right. Shane did not sound like, you know, a guy who who thinks that bringing in every name player available in free agency is the way to go, which is an approach the Giants have taken in the past that just hasn't worked. All it's done is create salary cap issues. So Shane is is not looking to do that. So that being said, what will the Giants approach be? Well, Again, they're going to look to re-sign some of their key free agents. And just off the top of my head, and I haven't, you know, really gone into the study yet. I will do that um, at at some point a little bit later, Um, if not this week, next week, because I've just got to sit down and kind of get organized on this. But if you're looking at the free agency, free agents, the UFAs that the Giants have, 
and there's quite a bit bit of them. There's something like, I want to say, uh, 20 of them. So the guys you figure will, they will look to bring back, Saquon, Daniel Jones, I think John Feliciano will be brought back. I'm not so sure Nick Gates is going to be back. I hope he is, but I'm not so sure. I don't think Justin Ellis will be back. Matt Breida, I could see coming back. Jihad Ward, I could see coming back. Um, I could see them giving Richie James another uh, reasonable deal. Um, Jalen Smith, possibly, I could see him possibly coming back. Um, and let me see, Julian Love definitely is a guy I could see coming back. And uh, then you have a couple of like exclusive rights free agents, Isaiah Hodgins being one of them. So, you know, Sterling Shepard, you know, I also want to mention Sterling Shepard. I know he's a guy that, that he would like to come back, but uh, no guarantees there. They've got to see how, how uh, his rehab comes. Okay, and I say that because guys who are projected to be free agents may resign with their, uh, their current team, whereas guys who maybe you didn't anticipate would be free agents will be cut loose for salary cap purposes. So that's why it's kind of hard. You know, I know a lot of you asked me what free agents would, should the Giants pursue? It's really kind of hard to answer that because you kind of have to wait until the field is set, so to speak, and see who's available. So that being said, Shane did say that there are potentially some free agents out there that can help the team. Now, is he going to go crazy with signing other teams' free agents? No. And the reason for that, which again makes sense, is when you draft a guy and you develop him, you get to know his, his work ethic, you get to know how he trains, you get to know his injury history. There's a little bit more of a risk when you go outside your building to bring in a guy. So not to mention, you often end up paying more for the talent as opposed to getting you know a better bargain. So I'm not so sure the Giants are going to go crazy in free agency. I do think they're going to add. They're going to supplement the roster. But to go crazy with it, I don't see that happening. But um, if they can find a guy who is durable, has the right attitude, fits into the the locker room culture that Brian Dable has been trying to build, absolutely, they'll bring some free agents in. But I'm not so sure it's going to be like a huge splash because the Giants uh, under, under Shane want to keep their own guys and just keep building on top of that, developing guys and building on top of that. And, you know, I mentioned the guys that they absolutely have to sign. Dexter Lawrence is a guy that I'm sure they're going to want to extend at some point. They'll also be able to do Andrew Thomas after this year and Xavier McKinney if they wish to do that, you know, this year. They might wait, but, you know, they do have that option now because once a player is in three years on his rookie contract, he then becomes eligible to have a contract extension. But Dexter Lawrence, I think, would be the next biggest priority. If you're aligning the priorities, obviously you do the UFAs first and then the extensions second. So, Dexter Lawrence would, would be an extension, um, um, you know, again, Andrew Thomas, McKinney, and so forth. So those are guys that, you know, the Giants are going to look to to retain. And another topic that came up that I think is worth mentioning, and it's one that I know sev several of you have asked me about, is the injury situation. The Giants have, for what, 
whatever the reason, been one of the most injured teams, not just this year, but in years past. Now, where do they finish this year? According to Man Games Lost, the Giants were the sixth most injured team, having uh, placed 261 uh, notations on injured health protocol, right? Leading the way for those curious, Tennessee, Denver, Arizona, Saints, and Seahawks, right? So those were the, the teams that were most injured more so than the Giants. So a little bit of a progress there by the Giants, but it's interesting. Shane pointed out, which is something I know I've mentioned before, that the rookie class, the draft class, every single one of their members, with the exception of Micah McFadden, dealt with an injury at some point that cost them time, whether it be a whole season or just a, you know, a couple games here or a whole patch of games. And it's something that the Giants are going to do a deep dive into. And what are they going to do? Um, Shane didn't go into a whole lot of detail, but one of the things he said that they would look at is the onboarding process. You know, are, are they working the guys too hard? Do they need to change how they train them? You know, just little things they're going to take a look at and they're going to do a deep dive into that situation because obviously you can't have injury after injury after injury. It's going to wreck your team. It's going to wreck your chemistry. We saw that this year. Um, football, as you know, it's a violent game. Injuries are going to happen, but the soft tissue injuries, you know, the calves, the hamstrings, the groins, that's something that a team can look into to maybe improve what they're doing and try to fix it. And that's something the Giants definitely have to fix because, you know, this year, I, I, I think I lost track of the number of calf injuries that were reported. And um, it just seems to be something new with this team every year, you know, an injury of the, of the year, so to speak. So something that they definitely need to take a look at. Uh, ACLs, you know, they're, they're supposed to be changing out the turf at MetLife Stadium. So we'll see what kind of effect that has and what they, they end up settling on. Um, as far as the new turf goes, but, but yeah, injuries is a big, big subject that the Giants need to address the elephant in the, one of the many elephants in the room. So, all right, Giant fans, that is pretty much it. That so that means that's going to do it for us today on the Locked on Giants podcast. Make sure you tune in the rest of the week. I'm hoping to get dog and entertain for another live show, probably our last live show uh, until we get a little closer to free agency and the draft. I'll have to talk to the guys and see how they want to do it. But we're going to continue to have all the good stuff here on Lockdown Giants interviews, takes, analysis, all that good stuff. We'll fill in the time. We'll get you through these next few weeks. I know it's going to be hard without the playoffs, but I think we can all be happy about what the Giants did even though it came crashing down to an end in Philadelphia. Oh. So anyway, thank you so much for making the Locked on Giants podcast your first listen every day. Until tomorrow, have a great one, everybody.